0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
2: It is Friday, and that means it is time for Options Action. I'm Melissa Lee, joined by Carter Worth, Mike Coe, and Tony Zhang. The market's capping off a comeback week today, the best week since November 2020. Tech stocks, the big gainers, but the Nasdaq is still sitting solidly in bear market territory. So the big question tonight on the desk, to the desk, can we hold on to these gains? Carter, what do you see in the charts?
1: Well, I think the bounce has a little bit more to go, but the most important thing is this: it's the bounce that keeps the bear alive. So we're up 9% this week. If we'd gone down 9% instead, we'd be close to 30% down. And that's where you get capitulation. It's the bounce that actually is negative, not positive.
2: Oh. So, so Mike, do you have that same interpretation that we would be better off to have a so-called, you know, like a flush in the market effectively?
3: It would be nice to see a flush. You know, on some of the weaker days uh, more recently, we, we didn't see the kinds of big volumes that I would like to see. We didn't see that sort of cathartic washout with a super high VIX indication. Also, that would be uh, obviously an indication to me that we might be getting closer to a bottom. I, I wish we had reached a bottom, I'll, I'll say that. You know, we're, I'm in the process of launching a long only product. I, I'm not trying to talk the market down, I want it higher. I'd like to watch it race through the end of the year much higher. But I don't think that's how it's going to go, unfortunately. I feel like there's some strength through the end of the day. We, we saw us close on the highs. I feel like that's a positive in the short term. But uh, as I look forward to the end of, of next week, I, I'm probably going to be putting more hedges on, I think.
2: I mean, seasonally, this is the, the week before Memorial Day weekend, Tony, and there is a positive bias to this week anyway. But how are you interpreting the bounce?
4: Yeah, so when we look at the relationship between volatility and how the price action and equities have played out, certainly I think we see a bit of a temporary bottom here over the past few days. But I think if you look at the S&P 500, that 4200 level is the key level I'm paying attention to next week. If we can break above that, then we have some chance of further upside here. But I I have a feeling that we're likely going to see more resistance around that level and potentially start trading lower around that 4200 level.
2: I want to play that out, Carter, because if we do bounce above 4,200, do we still need that flush down uh, lower before we can actually move higher? Or do you say, you know what, I feel better about this whole thing now?
1: Sure. So just put this bounce in the context of the other two. Market peak, Jan 4. Market has a low in January um, and rallies about 9 percent. Makes a new low in February, March and rallies 12 percent. It makes a new low in May. And here's the third trend. As of now, that's all you can call it. And even at 4,200, it's simply a counter trend. It's more time and more price that would be required in order to concert something more enduring.
2: Mike, amidst this volatility, are you actually taking a look at things to nibble on? Have you?
3: Uh, well, yeah, actually. Uh, I ha- we have bought a couple of things. First of all, we talked about a few of them uh, on this show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Some of the retail names were particularly hard hit picked up in some of those areas, and some energy things that I had uh, sold off, I, b- I bought back shortly thereafter, because a lot of those actually had a fairly significant pullback. Uh, names like Halliburton, and one of the names we're gonna be talking about in the B block, I think, which people should stick around uh, for, in the natural gas space, I think there's some opportunities there as well. But you know, the, the broad market still has a lot of areas that the valuations, while not as high as they were, remain very, very high, and a lot of the pressures that you know we know are out there Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know why people are ignoring them right now. Maybe it's Memorial Day enthusiasm, but I I think those concerns are going to come back to on us.
2: The lure of the barbecue is strong Uh, through this past week of retail earnings. We've talked a lot about the remaining strength of consumer spending on discretionary items. but more importantly, the consumer staple sector is starting to send out some pivotal signals. So, Carter, what do those signals tell us?
1: Right, so a very defensive sector like this with low beta relative to the market and recurring income streams, staples, hence not discretionary, at some point you get overdone relative to the market, i.e. the fear money going in is too much. Look at these ratio charts. The first is simply a ratio chart. And when the line spikes, it's staples outperforming the S&P and when it falls, it's the reciprocal. Now you see that spike of late, and compare that to the spike of the COVID moment. We're just as far above trend now relative as we were in COVID. That's how how fearful uh, the market is or wanting to be defensive. But that's starting to pull in. Look at the same chart with arrows drawn. So three instances and each one mean reverted. Take a longer term chart. This is now going back to the next one all the way to 09. And basically, it's simply this. The ratio gets overdone or underdone, and then it mean reverts. Look at the arrows on the fourth iteration. Every single time we've gotten this far above trend, a relative strength line, we've mean revert. It's underway and I think it's got more to go. So let's look at the, uh, the spider. So here is the XLP. Of course, that's the spider select sector fund, the ETF. And that's with trend line drawn. We break trend. And then we rally right back to the penny, to the underside of it. And you can see where I've drawn the arrow. All right. Instead of an actual trend line, let's do the automated trend line. And there it is. Final chart. The 150-day moving average. It's the exact same sort of stance. We broke below it. We've thrown back to it. And this is where you're likely to hit your head.
2: <laughs> All right, Mike. So what's the trade here?
3: Yeah. I mean, XLP, if we take a look at the valuation here, right now it's trading probably about 23 times earnings. Now, going back 10 years, the all-time high in terms of valuation for the sector on a weighted basis uh, happened in mid-2016. It was trading around 24 times. And in fact, basically, we hit right against that valuation when we hit the recent highs, which were the all-time highs for the consumer staples, and then we pulled back from that. You know, My take on this is that we are not going to see new highs in valuations for this sector or probably many others in the near term, which means that under the best circumstances, the best would be that you return back to those levels, which I think is exceedingly unlikely. Now, if we revert back instead to the mean valuation for staples, that's a 20% decline from here. So I think people should bear that in mind. Now, the nice thing when we're looking at it from an options perspective is that staples are relatively low volatility. As Carter was just saying, it's often a flight to safety, a flight to quality that people will look for. And one of the reasons for that is that these are typically low volatility stocks. What that also means, though, is that the options are relatively cheap. So I was just looking out to September. The 74 strike puts cost about $2.90 when I was looking at those earlier today. Now, one quick point about that. We had a very strong close. So, in fact, those are probably cheaper as of the close. If we are a little bit above 75, you might consider choosing the 75 strike uh put and then of course if we do begin to see some weakness if we do see the staples come in you can either look to roll or adjust or spread these and i think that's what i would be inclined to do
2: So Tony 2 questions for you and that is would you press staples here and what do you think of the trade structure
4: Yeah so i definitely agree with fading staples here if you look at that outperformance that Uh, Carter was referring to. We've seen that since uh, November of 2021, which was the peak of the market. But in the context of the uh, of the sector relative to the market since the 2008 financial crisis, Staples has been a long-term underperformer. And I think that's what we're looking to play for for here is further underperformance here for this specific sector. I do agree with Mike on the valuations from the perspective is that we are near the upper bound of the range, but I'm not sure that we're going to see as much downside side as uh, you know buying an outright put here might be able to to allow us to play for it to the downside so while i agree with fading this my view is that i prefer to have time on my side and i prefer to sell something like a call spread where i'm able to actually collect premium on this particular fate I do think that staples could rally a little bit higher here towards that seventy six dollar level which we're starting to see a little bit more of going into today's close Um, but I'm not sure that I'm gonna we're gonna see staples trade twenty percent lower from here especially if markets go a little bit further south and staples catch a further bid because of the defensive nature here of the sector itself.
2: Yeah, That, that was my, my question to Carter, basically, Carter, because when you first laid out this trade, I got a little sad for mar, for market bulls, because if you're calling for a 20 percent decline in what is a defensive trade, I don't think that you're also saying that it's going to be part of a rotation into higher beta sectors. It sounds like you're saying this is going to be a rotation out of the markets
1: overall. Well, that's just it. And so the, the concept here is that one group after another, for instance, value, which is the so-called good area compared to growth, I mean, energy stocks are the only things holding up. We know that uh, Alcoa, U.S. Steel, Metals, and Mining down 30 40% Nucor, Ford Motor. And so it's the last man standing is energy. Staples are not immune from that, independent of what the market does.
2: All right. go well, from Staples to streaming, check out shares of Netflix cratering nearly 68% this year as a streaming giant deals with subscriber losses and company layoffs. But Tony says the bottom could be in for the beaten down name. Tony?
4: Uh, Yeah, Melissa, that's exactly right, because this is a pretty pivotal moment here for Netflix, which has been the dominant player here in streaming, but it's down 75% from its peak, and I think this is an opportunity to start taking a look at this stock. So if we take at the long-term chart here, this is a chart of the stock since its IPO, and this is a log-normal chart. What you see here is that the stock is trading in a well-defined channel, and since the peak that we saw here of last year, it's traded now towards the bottom end of the channel. As Carter would say, we've traded down to the bottom end of the channel to the penny and we're starting to bounce. So if we zoom in here to the last five years, what we have here is a chart of Netflix and we're bouncing off that roughly 170 level. That's a 75% haircut we've seen on this particular stock. And the question is how far can it bounce? So the first resistance level we see here on Netflix is around the 240 level. So that would be my first target price here to the upside on this such, Extreme downside move we've seen here on the on the latest earnings report and then if we look at the business itself this is a business this is a company that has focused entirely on u- user acquisition here over the past decade or so and i think that as we sort of shift to see some of that slowdown in terms of growth for subscribers this is something that a company needs to start looking at profitability as well as potentially returning cash to shareholders and i think given the fact that it's currently trading somewhere between 15 to 16 times next year's earnings this is a stock that i'm very comfortable looking at buying at this level. So the trade structure that I wanna use is one that allows me to purchase this particular stock at a slightly uh, smaller, uh, at a slight discount here, but also play for a bounce, and that's selling a put credit spread. So I'm going out to July, and I'm selling the 190, 170 uh, put spread, collecting a little over $7 on this $20 wide credit spread. So that's about 35% of the vertical width, taking advantage of the relatively elevated implied volatilities that we see here on netflix as it trades down to these lower levels and be able to collect some premium uh to purchase this particular stock if it does trade below 190 by the expiration date
2: carter what's your outlook for netflix
1: well let me first say i think uh, tony's timing is excellent because i tried this about three weeks ago so i like your play better than mine that was up at 212 it's 195 but here's the thing the concept is uh, independent of the log chart, and it is to the penny. At some point, uh, you have run your course. Now, that's not to say that you can't go out of business and run WorldCom, Eastman Kodak. But in this instance, that's not the circumstance. And so playing for a bounce makes a lot of sense.
3: Mike? Yeah, I mean, we've seen outperformance since uh, May 11th. I think that's significant. And also, this company, believe it or not, is actually getting cheap. And if we start to see positive cash flow, then I think we really are seeing the bottom. Uh, in the course of the last several weeks here. And it's a buy.
2: All right. Still to come, a nat Gas play that is fueled up to play catch up with the sector. And for everything Options Action, check out our website and sign up for our newsletter. Much more Options Action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Take a look at the absolute tear that natural gas is on this year. The resource trade has been a major winner in this global macro environment and stocks levered to those resources have reaped the benefits. But after a run like this, is it too late to get in on the action? Mike doesn't think so. He's here to help put you put your resources to use for profit. Mike.
3: Yeah. So I think this is a situation where it is better late than never. Uh, Obviously, natural gas has had a huge run. The company I'm taking a look at here is Intero Resources. Now, I think there's two important things to think about when we take a look at this company. Number one, uh, what do we think about the future for natural gas prices? And for that, we're going to be looking at natural gas futures. And secondly, what do we think about uh, the best names to play In the space. So, the first thing I would point to is that while when we look at natural gas prices, it's our inclination to look at the spot prices. And of course, the spot price is very high. It should be said that when you're looking at uh, commodities like this, when the futures market inverts like this, we get into something called backwardation. That tends to be bullish. And if we take a look at the natural gas futures curve, I think we have a chart of where it was and where it is, we can see that it has moved up. But still, as we look at the forward curve, it's substantially lower than the current market prices. Now, I want you to kind of remember this chart for just a second. And the reason is that when we take a look at Entero Resources, it essentially is priced off that lower curve, which is where natural gas prices were, rather than where they are right now. So a price of about three and a half uh, bucks or so on average looking out over the course of the next four or five years versus the forward price right now, which is averaging about four and a half. So even on that lower number, uh, if you're looking at Entero, you're looking at a free cash flow yield in the base case of about 20%, but at the current four and a half dollar level, really that's gonna be closer to 28%. And here's another way to think about that. If you're getting a free cash flow yield of over 20%, that essentially means that the free cash flow is gonna pay the entire market capitalization, the entire value of the company in less than five years time. Add to that the fact that I think there are secular tailwinds for natural gas more generally. We're going to see bigger exports, for example. Natural gas is cheap relative to oil, and we are probably going to see increased natural gas generation as we see things like a move to uh, electric vehicles versus gas. So On that basis, you would imagine that natural gas should actually be—there's a better bull case to be made than relative to oil. Now, Intero, we're looking at this from an options perspective, has been a relatively volatile stock. So, what I'm trying to do is take advantage of the fact that options premiums are relatively elevated. I was looking out to September at a call spread risk reversal. So, specifically, what I was looking at doing was selling uh, actually, July, excuse me, the July 39 puts for $2, buying the July 45 calls for 3.70, dollars and then selling the July 50 calls for $2. Net net collecting about $0.30. Cents. The premium I'm collecting, I'm trying to do this for about even isn't the real issue. The real issue is we're chasing a stock that has already done exceptionally well. So what we're looking to do is capture at least the near 10% plus upside from here over the course of the next couple of months, while giving ourselves a buffer if we do see some kind of a pullback in the space. But I think this move in natural gas is not done. I think this move in Ontario resources is also not done. Uh, It's a cheap stock um, that basically is is being fueled by a fuel that is increasing in value and will continue to.
2: Carter, how do you read these charts?
1: Well, they're bullish and they're going to get more bullish. Let's look at nat gas first. What we know, of course, is nat gas went out at just under um, $9 and it's nowhere near its all-time peak. You can see it there but the stock itself. The first chart is a simple log chart over a very short time frame, one year, and you can see that AR is just up and to the right, north by northeast, steady as she goes, and what's not to like is what comes to mind. If we take it back a little longer term, this then would be uh, a three-year chart, and that breakout, What makes it not extended is you see those checkbacks, it's checked back twice to the breakout level. So a big move and a big correction or give back, that resets it. And then finally, uh, sort of the all data chart. And what you see is how symmetrical the 2018, 2019 plunge at its low at COVID and the 2020, 2021 recovery, two years down, two years up, just to get back to those highs, which are at 65, is some good eating from here. Stock went out at 44 and change.
2: Tony, your thoughts.
4: So there's no doubt here that we're obviously chasing what is already a strong stock here. So I'll just comment on the trade itself. The recall spread risk reversal in this particular case is a very creative way to play for this chasing uh, this particular stock you know you're effectively getting a call spread the 4550 call spread for July for free by selling the $39 39 puts which obligates you to buy the stock at 39. so it's like placing a limit order at 39 setting aside cash to do that and being able to participate in the upside for free so the question is whether or not you are comfortable buying the stock at 39 that's a question uh, that will determine whether or not this trade structure makes sense for you.
2: All right. Up next, we're heading to Twitter and answering your questions about the latest market action. More Options Action into. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take your tweets. Our first one is a double for Tony. So Kate asks, what about the put spread on Apple from last Friday? Any change on it? Here's the other one. Another fan is asking, what do we do with the Tesla June debit put spreads you recommended? So Tony, these are um, the two very similar trades you just laid out last week. So your thoughts here.
4: Yeah. So both of these expire in June. So time is not on our side. We're really looking for the market to move significantly lower next week or the first half of next week. If that doesn't happen, it's time to cut our losses and move on to the next trade.
2: All right. Well, Mike, this one's for you. Dave asks, how does one determine if a particular options position is not liquid enough to get into for a 30 to 60 day trade? Also, what can one do to avoid getting taken for a ride by market makers?
3: Okay, so with respect to the first one, I think that, you know, for most retail market participants, the options markets are going to have enough liquidity. That means you'll be able to trade enough size. And I'm talking about 10 to 20 contracts. You know, you should be able to get that off in most names where options are listed. The important thing, though, is the price, and that is something that you need to use limit orders to accomplish. Whenever you see widespreads, try to bid or offer somewhere in the middle and work your way down from there and give that order a little bit of time to rest. I think that's the way to take care of those issues.
2: All right. Up next, answering more of your questions and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time for some more tweets. Our next fan asks, thoughts on KWeb? Carter, what do you think?
1: It has all the makings of a bearish to bullish reversal, a long and protracted decline down 80 percent. And then what? It bottomed on March 13th, 14th. The markets have gone much lower since then. It's been exhibiting relative strength. I think you do it.
2: Mike, your thoughts?
3: A lot of these names are cheap. I think China is going to start supporting their big stocks. And we saw a lot of bullish activity in several of those stocks and in K web in
4: particular this week. So I think this is a good place to buy some calls.
2: This feels like a trade Tony might want to be in on.
4: Couldn't agree more. Very similar to the ARC trade we put out two weeks ago. Uh, looking for bottom fishing here uh, in ARC, uh, in right. K
2: Time now for the final call. Carter.
1: Consumer staples. I'm a seller.
2: Tony Zhang.
4: Time to be a buyer in Netflix, selling a put spread. And Mike co. I'm buying puts in XLP, and I'm long
3: in tarot resources, the stock. And if you're interested, I think call spread risk reversals are a good way to get in here.
2: All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. We'll see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Meantime, do not go anywhere. A CNBC special Crypto Night in America starts right now.